Why Nickers? Bernard pulls the trigger. And this is a brand. Nickers is a brand. Allen Houston. Nickers means Lord. Once a neck, always a neck. What is going on, ladies and gentlemen? It is March 1st, 2021. You got your boys, Bo and Avi, here to talk about the New York Knicks and the NBA, or mostly just our own New York Knicks for today, because no other team matters, because, you know, at this point in time, if you if you below 500, we don't talk that broke shit, man. Only 500 and up. That's all That's all we about. Uh, here, my man, Avi. What's going on, man? How you feeling this morning? Feeling good, man. Like, over five, like, there are teams out there that are under 500, like... <laughs> What the fuck kind of poverty shit is that, man? Couldn't know, be right? us. Couldn't be me. Like, what the hell? Like, <laughs> if you if you woke up this morning and your team like doesn't have a winning record, then like you you can't talk to us. You know what I mean? That's just uh, like a mentality right now. But <laughs> no, but also real shit. Like, how I feel is basically how all them Knicks fans is like wilding out outside of MSG after we uh was that game? We beat Indiana. You know what I mean? To so get we, ourselves at five hundred. Yeah, I mean. Yo, fuck. I mean, that just proves we own the city, bro. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, I'm not e- like I'm a born and born and bred New Yorker, but I'm not even in the city right now. But I know I could just feel the vibe in New York City right now. It's all about the Knicks. Nobody gives a shit about the Nets. They got three fucking superstars, and like we got just one All Star, and Julius Randle is like got all the clout in New York City. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. I want to shout out to KD for saying like, oh, the Knicks aren't cool no more. Get the fuck out of here, bro. All we needed to do is just literally just become competitive, and like nobody gives a shit about the Nets, and y'all got like three stars that like superstars. You know what I mean? Global superstars, like, all right, like, who cares? Like, we run the city, y'all, y'all got Brooklyn on your chest. Like, go ahead and cultivate that that uh that fanhood and of of these hipster kids that are like growing up in that neighborhood because their parents came from Iowa and Kentucky to like become like baristas and fucking artisanal fucking bread rollers. I don't know what the fuck they do in Brooklyn, <laughs> but um, yo, I mean, to circle back to the team that matters in New York. Last night's win, bro, I mean, it was in hand pretty much just, like, the second quarter, I want to say. You know what I mean? I was just in and out just because part of me was thinking, you know, this might be, it's, it's going to be ugly because it just feels like, oh, we got good vibes all around. This might be where we just have a letdown game. But nah, man, this this is a tips team. They came out, you know, they're missing Mitch, they're missing Taj, and they just came out and just, like, took care of the Detroit Pistons. Like, a team we're much better than, we took care of business. So, I'm happy about that. Happy, just just happy all around, man. How you feeling? How what's you take on last night and just the state of the Knicks right now? Yeah, I mean, I feel like a couple of times throughout the season, Knicks would go on a two-game winning streak, maybe three-game winning streak, and then they drop the ball on a really bad team. And I think some, like a lot of us, including myself, felt like last night might have been another opportunity for the Knicks to kind of squander again. But what they what ended up happening was they looked like a fourth seed team going against a bottom seed team, and that's exactly what happened. And shit, man, like. Top top to bottom, last three games, um, Knicks Knicks players again top to bottom. Frank Nilakina last game got the game winning steal and the clutch free throws last night with Julius Randle. Nerlens Noel has been doing a fucking amazing job as being Mitch's replacement. He he set a record last night. I, I gotta look it up. Um, he was the first player, the the first Knicks player to put up eight at least eight points, eleven rebounds, three blocks, three steals, and two assists. Since stat in 2011, 
10 years almost, nice. a decade, since nice. the last time a Knicks player got those kind of stats. And the last player to do it in the NBA wasn't even this season. No one got stats like that this season. The last time it happened was TJ Warren in the bubble. Like, that was, you know, eight months ago. And in the NBA, like, those don't seem like crazy numbers. But when you really look at it, those are some crazy numbers from Noel. And for a guy who had terrible, who has terrible offensive hands, he'd be catching some nice lobs from, <laughs> from D. Rose. And... Man, like the effect of D Rose being a starting point guard or just being a player on this team, it it's beautiful to see um, the impact nice. of a player who has that kind of level of IQ, even if he doesn't have that level of play on the court. And man, Julius Randle, you you started it off. Congrats. That man, they, congrats. We got to say that right off rip. The All Star, All Star, and at this point, he should be at least on one of the All NBA teams right now. It's hard to name. Easily you know, 15 better players than Julius Randle right now. And it's crazy. It, it shouldn't sound crazy to say, but still feels low-key kind of crazy to say that he should be all NBA this season. Um, not even low-key crazy, bro. That's high-key crazy. It's not even, like, if it's not, it hasn't even been six months since, like, the entire Knicks fan base was just, like, hated his guts. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, the, let me tell you this one stat <laughs> with, with Julius Randle. And shout-out to... Uh, at Goat in New York, he he wrote down over the last nine games, Randall has shot fifty percent from the three on fifty attempts. He took fifty threes and he made fifty percent of them. Julius Randall, that's that's and and the and the New York Knicks. I don't, I'm pretty sure it was the Knicks who put up the IG post in him in the Bernard King outfit with with the crown on top, call, calling him the king of New York. Shit, I, I fuck with it. Yeah, that's our guy. It, it ain't nobody in Brooklyn. You know what I mean? They yep. they transplants the fuck. They're, that's the perfect team from the Brook for that borough. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> some outsiders that come in thinking they know about New York and think they're cool. Fuck no. The Nets. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> that's KD. But um, Julius Randle, dog. Like you just said it right there. His shooting is probably the biggest revelation, especially recently. Like for a while, it just seemed fluky. Like early mm-hmm. on in the season, like it's not gonna keep up. But like we're thirty five games in. And the caveat, obviously, that, like, you know, even if it's not the bubble, it's it's a different playing in mostly empty arenas than it is playing in full arenas. I still want to kind of throw that out there just because we try to be objective even though we're Knicks fans. But, um, nah, I mean, at this point, it just seems like his he put the work in and his jumper is just crazy now because shout-out to Bootum, um, host of the P, uh, PER36 uh, podcast. He had a stat that said, um, for most of, or he had a tweet that said just for most of Randall's career, he was more so a finisher. And this year, he's only, like, being assisted mm. on, like, what, 20% of his fucking, of his takes? Yeah. Or shots? No, he's only shooting 20% of his shots at the rim this season. That means Crazy. he's creating all his offense, like, you know what I mean? Like a true franchise playmaker. And, bro, it's just crazy that, like, I don't think we've seen the best of Julius yet. He's only 26, you know what I mean? Last year, we were thinking, like, oh, this is who he is. He's just going to be this frustrating, like, empty calories, like, like um, stat player, you know what I mean? Like, he'll get his stats, but, like, he'll frustrate the hell out of you because he has so much talent and he doesn't, like, make anybody better. He's just plays selfish. This is, like, total 180 this season. And, you know, we give Tibbs his credit, obviously. Like, we got to give him his credit. Like, the man had Joakim Noah in the MVP conversation with, like, the kind of offense he was running mm-hmm. and the spots he put him in. But Julius got to get a bulk of the credit, too, man. He He put in the work. He came back, like... You know, we've seen Knicks players that, like, when they get chewed up when, like, they when, um they get chewed up and spit out when, like, the fan base turns on them. You know what I mean? Yep. Julius, to his credit, he brushed it off, came back better than he ever was. So, first time All-Star, and, 
yeah, I mean, you and I are both in that uh, professional field now. He's Julius is going to an event for great networking opportunities. You know what I mean? <laughs> 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 you go in there and say, yo, we got Tibbs. You know what I mean? In New York City, like I'm an all-star. Come play. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, fuck. you know, we got, we got that's a storyline to look for. You know what I mean? <laughs> and we got to throw some love out of Kenny Payne because that man's been working with Randall nonstop. And we, we see the dividends going out on the court. Um, but shit, man. Uh, so some other love. I got. I gotta. I gotta put out these stats because I'm going through Twitter right now. Tommy Beer is the man, man. He he always got us with these stats. Over the last seven <laughs> games, R.J. Barrett has been averaging 17 points and six rebounds. But more importantly, he's been shooting almost 61 percent from the three point line in the last seven games. R.J. Barrett. This man was shooting like 30 percent or maybe less um, prior to February or maybe mid January. But since the la- in the last seven games. 61% from the three. He's picking his spots, and he's gained those buckets in. And I think it was the Pacers game uh, two games ago when the first half he wasn't playing as well. He was he was bricking shots, and then he came back in the fourth quarter, and he was a guy, he was arguably the the biggest reason why we came out with a W in that game, apart from Frank Steele. He he was getting those you know clutch layups and, and one plays. So, you know, love goes out to R.J. Barrett because that's, that's, he's going to end up having to be our number two guy. Yeah, I mean, you hit it all on the head there, basically. <laughs> um, I don't know, man. I just, I kind of want to stay on Randall just because I don't know if you saw this tweet that got retweeted from 2015. Um, it was a Kobe, Kobe quote on mm-hmm. Randall. Go ahead. And when you look at it, and I'm looking at the comments that were under it, it's just people are just like, at then we're like clowning it. But you watch how Randall's playing now. Kobe saw the vision even way back in 2015. You want me to say the quote? Go for it. <laughs> He was like, on Julius Randle, he's Lamar Odom in Zach Randolph's body. It's pretty phenomenal. I agree with my GOAT. You know what I mean? I don't know how you feel. How you feel? Works out perfectly, honestly. I mean, right? <laughs> you see, you think back to the way Lamar Odom used to play in his prime. Lefty, you know, playmaker with the occasional shot. And Zach Randolph became a better shooter a little bit when, you know, in those prime Grizzly years. That that was a that was a really good comparison to make by by the goat. Um, it's it it, gives, it makes you feel you know gives you a chills a little bit when you you see these quotes come back and he had kind of a bit of a prophecy that he's holding up to now years later since since Kobe said it and uh, fuck that was that was, that right. was dope. It took um it took like him finally getting a real coach because I think that's been underrated for a bit. I mean. You know, Albert Gentry has a good rep, um, but he's really not like the overall two-way coach that Tibbs is. Um, in L.A., you know, <coughs> you know, in L.A., I think it was Luke Walton was his coach for a bit. And I think Randall played pretty well that season before he actually left L.A. I know a lot of Lakers fans were disappointed. You know, they wanted to see him alongside LeBron. They were, but that season I just remember vividly. Luke Walton was like giving Randall his props for stepping it up on defense, and then it hasn't been since this season where like that defense has come come back around again. So he's really just just killing it on both ends as a two way force, you know. Anything back and to all. how he played against Sabonis too, uh, two nights ago. Two oh yeah, that's the ago. biggest storyline. That's Go, just yeah. yo. I, I said it on a stream on YouTube. I'm gonna say it again. Like fuck Sabonis. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, um. Is he an all star? He made the all star. He's an all star. Right? Yeah, right. he's KD's right, replacement. No, there you go. He's he's exactly what he is. He's a substitute teacher ass all star. You know what I mean, we got a, we got the real one. Sabonis. I mean, 
gr- gr- good player, you know, but he's just frustrating as hell. Like he's just annoying, and it was just it was good to see like Randall just take that challenge, body him up, especially in crunch time, and make sure Sabonis didn't get nothing. And you could tell it was it was getting chippy. Obviously, you know, like Julius even acknowledged afterwards. So, um, it, it's just one of those moments that like you kind of see it, and you're just like, damn, we really do have that guy this season. You know what I mean? The guy that kind of is gonna take the challenge on going toe to toe with the best players or the the teams, the other team's best player, and more times than not, this season at least he's gonna win out. And I kind of want to make a point that. I don't know if you've seen it, but it seems like, yo, Julius is taking more and more control of the game in terms of just, like, he knows more and more when to really, like, step up, you know what I mean, as, like, the scorer, and when to just, like, facilitate and shit. Before, it was kind of like, he was doing everything, he was going a mile a minute, you know what I mean, like, yeah. remember those positions, possessions early on in the season where he mm-hmm. just, like, like, run the ball up, and he was still kind of that spinning top kind of, like, drive to the lane, except he was making passes. This time, it's almost like he's a little more um, measured with how he does it. He mm-hmm. paces himself to the point where, like, last night, I mean, I know it was the Pistons, but he just started, like, making sure we won that game. You know what I mean? Like, when just closing it out with his buckets and what have you. So, yeah, I mean, all around, we got to give Randall major props for that man is king of new york i i will not any i will not accept any argument otherwise that kind of <laughs> thing actually reminds me of i want to say the second half of kobe's prime when almost every game the first half he'd be distributing out the ball a lot more and getting his team involved but come third quarter at least midway through the quarter third quarter the ball is his he's going to make sure you get it you're going to get every basket and now Randall's kind of transitioning into that kind of player where he's becoming the go-to scorer that's something the Knicks lack since Melo um, not having a guy who's going to get you that basket that you need. And, you know, Randall was kind of doing that in that Pacers game. When the game got a lot closer, R.J. Barrett stepped up and Randall stepped oh, up man. to get you those baskets. Yep. And, you know, because this is going to be a shorter episode, I think we got to throw it out, uh, transition a little bit to the other guys on the team who have been stepping up the past couple of games. The Knicks are on a three-game winning streak, and Randall yeah. isn't the only guy who stepped up. Uh, I'm going to turn it back yeah, to Yeah, i got to give props. Yeah, I mean, the, I, I was just caught off guard by that Kobe quote because I was just on my timeline. But, yeah, I got to give go back to your point about, like, the RJ shooting. Mm-hmm. 61% in the last seven games. And I saw since his first, like, what, was it 15 games? I don't know, some arbitrary set of numbers where he was just shooting, like, garbage. Yep. He's shooting, like, damn near, like, 35% from three. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. He's, a, like, he's literally playing, like, with what we everything else we have on our roster, he's playing, like, the perfect 3 and D exactly. wing at this yep. point. While also adding creation ability. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's not like it's Robert Covington out there who's just like, he's either going to shoot that shit or just give it back up. You know what I mean? Like, especially last night, you could tell RJ, I don't know it was the Pistons. We're going to throw that caveat out, like, as we talked about last night's game, but he was literally aggressive. He was making sure that he brought the ball up and he was trying to get saucy with it. You know what I mean? Like, you've seen some of those possessions. He was just trying to, like, uh, you know, see what he got in his bag. You know what I mean? Break down the defense a bit. And what I liked about, um, I don't know. I mean, even that Pacers game, I think it was literally in the late in the game, he was having some really crafty finishes to the mm-hmm. rim or drives to the rim. And that's something we've been trying to, like, hammer home for a minute. Like, yo, once RJ gets that craft down, you know, because we know he's like a bowling ball again to the rim in terms of, like, going up against guards. But once he gets that craftiness down to add to that strength, bro, he's going to be nice as a, as, a, as a player, bro. I still don't get the skeptics, you know what I mean? Like, there are people out there that are still skeptical, but how can you look at the production he's doing right now at age 20 and just be like, no, he's a bum. He missed two free throws. Like, I saw somebody 
you know, somebody you and I both acknowledge or know that we had on our previous show, part of the MBK Network, said something like that. And I was just like, oh, God. All right. You know what I mean? Go, I'm not going to respond to it. <laughs> yeah, and it goes to show, like, who gives a fuck about who makes the all-rookie team? Like, we've seen so many boneheaded players making years prior, and they're not even in the NBA anymore. Like, fucking R.J. Barrett got it. I think he's a player who, despite the struggles earlier in the season, we never, I think you can go back to our episodes and hear what we said about R.J. Barrett. We, we were never worried about him. This kid is not... Is, is always poised and is always doing his thing and he'll always improve. And 61% shooting with from R.J. Barrett from the three is crazy. Um, pivoting over to another player, Emmanuel Quickly. I don't know if you saw the, the stat that Mike Breen pointed out last night, but he, well, what's that he scored 94 of his first 100 free throws, and that is a mm-hmm. record breaker, an all-time record breaker. And granted, the stat is only has only been a thing for 20 years, but think about all the all-time free-throw shooters we've seen in the last 20 years. We've seen Nash. We've seen Steph Curry. We've seen, you know, Dirk. These guys, you know, these guys are on that list, but yet IQ owns the record right now for the most three-pointers in the first 100 attempts, 94. Holy shit. And this kid, when you see him on the court, he had us. He'd be doing step-back threes now. He'd be doing uh, three-point and ones now, game after game. Like, it's unfair to have a rookie like this right now, yet for some reason no, the Knicks got him. Knicks fans. <laughs> no, yeah. it's very fair for Knicks fans. I want to go back to the Kings game where uh, a certain point guard who fucking played against us, like, we, like, personally, like, harmed him, Mr. Tyrese Halliburton. It's quiet for him now since we got a guard. You know what I mean? We got IQ who's a better scorer than Tyrese I feel like will ever be. I feel yeah. like the thing – I want – like, Tyrese is looking great as a rookie. Like, no shot against him. It just was very funny how obvious he had – like, how obvious his pettiness towards the Knicks are. Because not only did he just play extra hard against us the last time we played in Sacramento, but, like, literally on Twitter the, at, after they won, he posted that fucking, like, cliche-ass 2013, like, a Kermit drinking tea meme. Like, yeah. the fuck out of here, bro. You was in diapers and that meme was, like, popping like that. The fuck out of here, Tyrese. I thought you were going to go with the other point guard. Oh, yeah, no, we'll get to him. Actually, we're here now. But, yeah, Jaren Fox, you and I, both big fans. We both acknowledge, like, we'll give up whatever it takes to get him just because he's he's a great point guard. But, bro, this Gen Whatever Z it takes. Uh, I, I, don't, I don't know about whatever bro. it takes. Uh, I'm a big yeah, We can quibble. We can quibble. But, yeah. like, this Gen Z, bro, they are... Uh, he they can dish it but they can't take it it seems like a trend because like De'Aaron literally I don't know why we talked about this on our podcast at the time but like why the fuck are you is a Kings player who hasn't we made the playoffs we actually had success in this decade why is this player literally shitting on us after the lottery and he's just like oh I know they sick they got the number eight pick they always expect number three who the fuck was expecting number three I'm not gonna re- have rehashed that whole like shitting on him I'm gonna shit on him now for the very fact that he deleted all them tweets <laughs> fucking coward after the game <laughs> yo right away that means he, he was in the fucking locker room or he was like getting driven to the airport and he's seeing his phone blow up and he just had like an anxiety attack like yo De'Aaron like <laughs> if you're gonna say some stupid shit and then like at that time try to like fight people uh, like virtually you know what I mean he was just like oh y'all y'all are sick you know what I mean yeah he was literally trying to double down on it back then. And then where's that double down? <laughs> where, where is it now? It's gone. He's a coward. So, Darren Fox, just, this, is a, this is a lesson, a life moral, if you will. Just, just, don't, don't, just don't speak when you don't have to. <laughs> you know what I mean? Easy peasy. Because, bro, they, it, it was poetic. How you like talk that shit about us getting the eighth pick and then we make sure y'all get your ninth loss in a row? And Ain't they got the tenth pick. Shit? They got the tenth pick. 
<laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, <laughs> it made no sense. That shit was completely out of pocket for no reason. We had no beef with De'Aaron Fox, and he decided to come at us, and he's felt it since. You know what I mean? Like, Knicks fans are ruthless. Right. Knicks Twitter is ruthless. We'll come at you at any point. Fuck it. We'll come at each other if we have to, but, I mean, made like. Woj delete his tweet. <laughs> yeah, like, it became so bad. The man deleted his tweet, and that became its own, like, fucking uh, trending tweet. Um, and I think yeah, somebody else deleted their Howard tweet, Beck. too. Howard Beck. I don't know, but bum-ass Howard Beck was trying to come at people. And he saw, he said, too, like, oh, it's been a coordinated attack on me for my thoughts. So that bitch, it ain't coordinated. It's just how every Knicks fan knows your bullshit. Yeah. That's the thing that, like, I hate about this dude. He tries to come off as he's, like, literally this Knicks expert that's, like, super objective. But he's a fucking dickhead with, like, clear fucking biases. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It's just he's worse than I solo in the fact that he'll, he'll, he'll try to present himself as, like, this harmless, like, fucking, like, he presents himself as a good person. At least I solo embraces the fact that he's a fucking curmudgeon and a dickhead. You know what I mean? That's his brand. <laughs> Howard Beck is like the fucking typical like white liberal male. You know what I mean? He's like problematic, low key, but he's gonna try to pretend like he's a good person on the surface. So fuck Howard Beck. You know what I mean? Mm. Um, yeah. I mean, <laughs> well, we can go down our list of enemies once we like you know you know get like maybe five games above five hundred. You know what I mean? <laughs> you yeah. know what I mean? But um, thoughts on the. Uh, I mean, we talked about Sacramento a bit right now, I guess. Real talk, I mean, second half of the schedule came on. We haven't really dug deep into it yet, but um, I, I mean, the, the, the analysis seems to be that it's going to be a little tougher. It's going to be a tougher end of, end, of the, end of the year schedule for us. So do you think, like, what's your prediction for that? you think we're still going to be in the playoff race? I mean, we are fourth seed. I think we're a game and a half from ninth seed. But we're also four and a half games away from first seed, <laughs> so um, it's it's tough it's tough to call because I know it's March first, but we did start the season a little later, and you know at at some point legs are gonna start to get a little tired. Thankfully, the All Star break is I think next week, um, but you know these these minutes are gonna catch up at some point. Like I don't know why Randall was still out there despite a twenty point you know lead. And all a lot of the stars were still in the game. Like that, that kind of stuff is something that you know a lot of us are going to be keeping an eye out for because we're 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 getting to that midpoint of the season. Yet, you know, twenty point leads, our stars should not be on the court. Let Knox and let Frank and like let these let our bench guys in and go against Detroit. You know what I mean? Like they're not going to suddenly hit a, a you know three pointer three after three pointer with Dennis Smith Jr. on the court. Um, so like, you know, shit like that is something that's always going to be a complaint against Tibbs, but it is something that he needs to keep an eye out for. And I, I didn't see the post game interview afterwards. I don't know if the, the beat reporters asked him about it and I hope they did because Same. that's some yeah. shit we got to hold him accountable for as amazing of a coach as he's been so far. These, there's still another half to go. And I'm looking at the schedule right now and it, it looks like, you know, the tail end of the season is going to be tough. We got the last five games. Uh, last fuck, last eight or so games. You got Memphis, Denver, Phoenix, Clippers, the Lakers, the Spurs, the Sh- the Hornets, and then the Celtics. Like fuck, like we might be on that precipice of just making the play-in or the playoffs, and a lot of other teams will be. Like there are a lot of teams right now that are almost have the same exact record as the Knicks do in the East. You got you got the Raptors, you got the Celtics, you got whoever else, the Pacers. Um, we're gonna. That's gonna be something to keep an eye out for. It's gonna be a tough end to the season for sure. Facts. I mean, when does the second half start? Is it like right after the All Star game, or? Mm, or is it March, like a few weeks of a break? Uh, March fourth 
is against Detroit, and then the next game after is March 11th. So they get, I think, three or four days off. Okay. So, uh, and then when's the All-Star game? It's got to be, like, somewhere in between that, right? Yeah. Thursday, March 4th is a game against Detroit, and I think the Sunday afterwards. I think March 7th is the All-Star game. Okay. I mean, I know Julius is going to have to make that trip to the All-Star game, OB2, but it's not like he's getting that many minutes. So I'm kind of worried, like, to your point about Julius's like, workload and um, just his, uh, you know, like him getting the, the, the right amount of rest. Because even, um, I know it's going to be different this year because it's COVID year. There's not as many, like, functions and, like, what have you and activities going on. Um, but I remember when Blake Griffin first made the All-Star team, he was, and he was having, like, that was, like, his rookie year. And he was just having, like, one of those seasons where he was just playing Mad Minutes, too, and he was just balling out. And then he said, like, I think he personally said in an interview, like, afterwards, just because the, the All-Star thing was like all three days it wasn't really just rest for him especially since he was like in LA yeah so I think that needs to be taken into consideration he's not gonna have the ideal amount of rest but it's good for the rest of the team at least you know they get some they get some breathing room um in the middle of the season before having to ramp up again but yeah to your point I mean honestly it's hard to keep it even keel you know what I mean we're literally the first time over 500 in 35 games since 2012 my brother the fucking legendary 54 win season. 54 win season, rather. So 2013, then, no? Uh, no, 2012, What was the stat season. that you said? First time over 500 oh, okay. after 35 games. Yeah, yeah. Since, yeah, 2012, 2014, 13, yeah. But, yeah, I mean, it. it's hard to keep it even killed, but, like, you're right. We're in that muddled Eastern Conference where there's, like, three great teams and everybody else is either underachieving or overachieving, and they're all in that little blob of the middle going down. You know what I mean? But my thing is, we're four seed right now. If we stay even just like within that top six or seven, that's much better than anybody predicted. Especially since like you, a tenth seed can still qualify for the playoffs with this playing tournament now. Mm-hmm. So it's all good vibes all around. You know what I mean? Like I know tips will keep everybody focused. This is kind of those like to your point though, like about the mean, uh, the minutes thing. I saw some like chatter on, on on online about that. You know what I mean? Um, it was may have been mentioned on some post game shows as well. But you know we're still in that honeymoon phase where you know Tibbs he's bringing us the kind of respectability we haven't seen in a minute, and I can't really hate on it. I mean it's an issue. Not even gonna lie, but I'm not even gonna really uh, uh you know push push him on that or press or press Tibbs about that because. You know, perspective. You know, you know what I mean? Like, look how happy all the Knicks fans are. We fucking celebrated getting 500 in front of MSG. You know what I mean? So, all things considered, it's it's something to watch, for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, yeah. Yeah, with that being said, you, know, you want to take us home? I think maybe do a quick, like, a preview of the next game, and then we're out of here. Because it is a Monday morning, folks, for those yep. of you that are going to be listening to this. Yeah, who are they playing? They play the Spurs tomorrow night. Uh, it's always going to be a tough game. I think the Spurs are the only team in the NBA right now with a winning record without a single all-star on their team. So, you know, wow. Spurs are always going to be the Spurs. Um, so they're going to be a tough team to play against. But thankfully, the Knicks get at least a night of rest after a back-to-back. Um, they got the Spurs, and then they got the Pistons again on the 4th. That's Thursday. And then they get a rest for about a week, um, a well-deserved rest, too. Mitch nice. might come back afterwards, and you know oh, something man. else to keep an eye out for. Todd Gibbs, I'm not sure of his status. Um, he did go down against the Pacers, uh, but thankfully, you know, knock on wood, the rest of the team is all right so far. Make sure you guys check us out this week, Wednesday, uh, the 
third for Nickish at night. We're bringing a new guest every week to talk about the Knicks or the NBA. And because there's a game on Thursday, we're going to make Nickish at night Wednesday of this week. And we got a pretty awesome guest coming on that we're really excited to have. Um, make sure you follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Nickish Show and subscribe to our channel on YouTube also at Nickish Show where Nickish at night will be. And a lot you can also catch a lot of our previous interviews that we've had. Uh, guests for Nickish at Night and some of the legends that we've had a chance to interview uh, last year. Um, we appreciate you guys checking us out. Make sure you subscribe on all podcasting platforms and check us out every week uh, for Nickish. Uh, until next time, take care, everyone. Peace. Peace.